And all the staff and TRA, one more giant hand clap. Let's honor them this morning. They did a fantastic job. And uh, it is always fun to see all those young people up here. Do you, ever, do you ever look at the kids and go, that's the one I was like? <laughs> right? You, you find those kids. And so, uh, man, that's just so fun. It's fun to see the ones that uh, refuse to participate, the show that they put on, and then the ones that put on a show, right? <laughs> and it's just, just to see the, all the different personalities and... and uh, in case you have forgotten, you used to be a child. I was riding behind a car the other day. We were in New Mexico, and we we're riding behind this car. And it, it was had, they had all these bumper stickers on the back of their car, really awful bumper, bumper stickers. And, uh, and, but it was talking about how much they didn't like kids. These, remember, Rachel? This, these bumper stickers talking about they were, like, really proud that they didn't have any kids and kids are annoying, and they have dogs instead. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. I can't stand dogs, but, uh, but, but, you know, I just, Rachel said it in the car, but I just wanted to go knock on their window and say, thank God that your parents didn't hate kids because you wouldn't be here, right? And uh, every time I see these young people, I think it's a great reminder that uh, we don't need to forget where we came from, Amen. And just their faith and their energy, everything is so refreshing. And uh, sometimes old people get boring. And, and, uh, and I think they remind us, they, they keep us young. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Summer of wisdom. We've been having a great summer all summer long. And before I get started, I want to remind all the men, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, we're having a pastor's been calling on this men's prayer meeting uh, for, for a while now. And so let's be here. Let's show up and let's see what God wants to do in our lives, our families' lives, and in, in our community. Amen? Uh, summer of Wisdom. And today I want to, uh, I tried to think of a better title for this uh, sermon, but I couldn't. I spent like a whole day trying to come up with a different title. And so the title uh, is not my favorite, but it's all I had. So it's what you get. And uh, when I say it, you're, you're not going to be super excited about it, I promise you, because I, I really wasn't super excited about it, but it's just so necessary. The title is called Embracing Discipline. Embracing Discipline. Yeah, yes, everybody else. We got doors over here. There's an exit over here. You can head out the back. Uh, embracing Discipline, Proverbs 12.1. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But whoever hates correction, and, and excuse me, this is the Bible, not me. I realize EFJ is in here, and I will do my best to keep this PG. But how many of you know sometimes the Bible ain't PG? <laughs> whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. A word of God can be harsh, amen? Sounds like discipline is something that I need to enjoy. And, you know, I, I, I just want to you know, just get us thinking about if, if this idea that I've been discovering and, and, and realizing recently in my own personal walk with God that Christianity is not a destination, it's a journey, right? We journey through this life with God and he teaches us things and he grows us up and he shows us things at different stages and seasons 
of our lives. And he does it through discipline, right? And so if it's a journey, then that means there's not one person in here who's arrived yet. Right? Right? Not one person in this room has arrived to their destination in Jesus yet. We are all in the work of God. And if we're on this journey and we, he loves us as, as, as a parent loves their child, then there's some discipline that's going to have to take place. And that, that gets kind of hard whenever, whenever you've got a bunch of people that think they're saved, they're serving in ministry, they go to church, they've got it all together, the, everything looks okay on the outside, so, so, so I must have uh, achieved something or arrived somewhere. Let, let me help you this morning. You haven't. Amen? You are on this journey with the rest of us, and we are all taking steps and strides with God to mature and come to the fullness that God has for us, the mature sons and daughters that he's called us to be. So that being said, we come to church and a lot of times, you know, church, we, 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 we got our church face and then there's, some of us don't even know what our real face looks like, Right? It's been a long, it's been a while, and, and, and the Holy Spirit can show us what our real face looks like, but you gotta, in a room this big, there's some issues happening, right? There are probably close to 200 people in this room, and in those 200 people, there's, there's, and, and we come to church, we're here at church, and we got it together, but, but that's, that's not really the case a lot of times, I think. I think there's people in here, and, and there's people that are in pain. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are struggling in their faith. There's people that are wondering if, if what they've been taught is even true. And there's turmoil within our souls. There's marriages in here that on the outside and on Facebook and everywhere else, they look okay, but they're hanging by a thread. There's people in here and, 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 and you haven't told anybody yet, but you actually have been battling suicidal thoughts. There's people in this room that are broken and hurting and, and, and we're all frustrated because I think there's this idea that we're supposed to be better than that. We're supposed to have gotten past that. We shouldn't be struggling. My God, we, we are the director of the whatever ministry. We should not be having these thoughts. People in here, you haven't had a good night's sleep in several years. So what God wants to do is he doesn't want us to pretend that it's all okay. He wants to take us by the hand and lead us through some of these difficulties that, we, that, that, that we're going through. He wants us to go through it with him. Look, there's something that he wants to teach us. There's something that we don't know that he wants us to know. And he does that through disciplining us now now when i say discipline it's like i'm reading through the bible and, and y'all all through listen proverbs 12 1 if you love learning you love the discipline that goes with it i'm like that ain't a day in my life i ever loved discipline the word of god lying to me right now if you love learning you love the discipline that goes through it go what goes with it how short-sighted to refuse correction Look, those areas of your life that you haven't arrived yet. What if God wants to bring correction to those areas? What if God doesn't want you losing sleep at night? 
What if God wants to renew your mind? What if God wants to bring peace to your life? What if God wants to do a miracle in your marriage? What if he doesn't want you to be mentally ill? Like, what, what, how, how's he going to do that? Just by being your bud? No, he's going to have to have some real life conversations with you. And they're not always going to feel good. Because when the real God confronts the real issues in our lives, it's the sparks that fly. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, but this, this discipline all throughout the, the, the book of Proverbs, I've been reading the whole book all summer long, the, this idea of embracing discipline, of loving discipline, of pursuing discipline. Listen to me, it, it's, if, if you're pursuing wisdom, you're pursuing discipline, the, the Proverbs says. I mean, wisdom is calling out in the streets and it's calling you to a life of discipline. And so it it weaves all throughout every chapter. There's proverbs that deal with this idea of discipline, but discipline in my mind, it's like, it's like, it's never been something that I wanted to embrace. It's never been something that I wanted to love. It's something I wanted to avoid. Right, I, I want to play a sound in a second, some sounds, and I just want you to tell me, now, is this, is this a sound that makes you want to run to it or away from it, okay? That's, a, that's the question. Oh, hold on, hold on. I needed to give a preface before that because I realize what church I'm preaching in. There's some PTSD, some people who've dealt with some of this stuff. Look, it's just a recording. They're not really here. Stay. All right, now play. Go ahead. Right here. Look, blood pressure's up. Right, Does that sound make you want to run to it or away from it? Be honest. Y'all, I was pulling out on my road the other day, and I pulled out, and a state trooper comes flying up right behind me. I'm telling you, I was going like 45 the whole time. Not because I'm scared of them. I'm scared of what she's going to say if I get a ticket. Tell the truth. You ever, man, you ever been pulled over? And you're like, look, man, seriously, if you want me to stay married, please, please, God, don't give me that ticket. Beat me. Do whatever you got to do. Don't give, don't give me a ticket. But that, that, that sound, that, that, that reminds me of discipline. That's not something I want to run to. It's something I want to run from. Now, what about this sound? Here's another sound we're going to listen to. What does this make you want to do? That push-up pop. Y'all know what that is? Young people don't know nothing about this. Y'all, it's not even safe to be out on the streets now, right? You couldn't even trust this guy anymore, right? Look, thank you. That's the ice cream truck. And look, they're like, that's a what? There's, there's, there's ice cream trucks? Yes, there used to be trucks that drove down the street and they'd play that music, and it was a cattle call. I'm talking about you. It didn't matter what you were doing. It didn't matter what was going on. Dinner time, six o'clock. If you heard the sound, you were begging somebody for 50 cents so you could get a snow cone or that orange push-up pop. I'm telling you, that orange push Marcus, you know what I'm talking about. That sound, you are. Now, now, now I don't associate discipline with, with the sound like the ice cream truck, but the Bible is putting the two together. 
The word of God's putting the two together. Discipline is something that I'm pursuing. It's something that I'm going after. It's something that I love and embrace in my life. But see, you got to understand who you really are. You are a spirit. You're the, you're the person that God created, right? And sometimes God's ways, actually the, the Bible says it, are not our ways. Our way is to run from difficulty to run from being dealt with, to run from being changed from the inside out. We don't receive that, embrace it. But God's way, see, that's your flesh that wants to run from it. But your spirit is longing for it. Because you and I are not where we need to be yet. God wants to do something new in our lives. Amen? You know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, how many of y'all got disciplined when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Some of these are hard roads for me to walk down. <laughs> Jesus. That man right over there. Whew. One day we were, I got a few good licks in my day, you know, and uh, probably not near enough. But I'll never forget one day I just got these new G.I. Joes. And y'all remember, you know, G.I. Joes are G.I. Joes. They were good. But then I got these, these new ones. They'd just come out. They were the paratrooper G.I. Joes. Y'all remember them? They had the parachutes on them. If you threw them up in the air, they would float down. So I got these paratrooper G.I. Joes, and I went up on top of the bunk bed, and I threw them off, and that was fun. And I threw them up as high in the air as I could, and that was fun. And I, after a couple of hours of playing with these G.I. Joes, I knew I needed to take it to the next level. <laughs> and, uh, and so I went and asked my dad. I said, hey, Dad you mind if I climb up on the roof? Because that's as high as I could possibly imagine. And, and you mind if I climb up on the roof and throw my paratroopers off? And he said, I need to tell you something. Come here. No, you can't climb up on the roof and throw your paratroopers off. And I, and I want to be clear on this. If I ever catch you up on that roof, your butt's mine. So I said, yes, sir. <clears throat> Will not go on the roof. Absolutely. I, I, that thought is gone from my mind. <laughs> I had a buddy over, and so we're playing with our paratroopers, and Dad goes to work. I don't know where Mom is. Just absent parenting. And <laughs> so we're home alone, though. Somehow we're home alone, and Dad drives off to work, and, and I watch, we watch his car, and it rounds the corner, and I said, let's do this. <laughs> we go over to the antenna. You remember we used to have TV antennas? <laughs> On the side of the house, and, and we shimmy up the antenna on the side of the house, get up on the roof, and it's one of these big flat roofs, you know, high up there, and shimmy up on the antenna, and, and so we get our paratroopers organized. We come up with the situation and the battle and everything, and so we're fixing to launch the first paratrooper off the roof, and I looked, and I see my dad's car <laughs> turning back into the street. And so you try to be still, you know, like, Maybe he won't see, maybe he won't see us. You know, you're trying to be still and he pulls up and drives real slow by the front of the house. Like, and he pulls into the driveway and, 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 and I knew that bad things were about to happen. And so he, he just walks up to the side of the house and, and he tells my friend, he says, hey, come down. My friend shimmies down the pole and he sends my friend home. And he looks at me and he said, Colby, come down here. 
and he takes his belt off real slow. I'm on the roof. He's on the ground. Takes his belt off, and he's standing there with it. You know, well, you know we all got whipped with different things and, and what, whatever. I don't want to get into that, but, but dad was consistently belt, right? Mom was whatever was in, within reach. <laughs> and so, so, so he pulls his belt off, and y'all, I am scared to death. And so I said, I'm not coming down. And he says, the longer you're up there, the worse it's going to be. And I said, well, I can wait you out, right? <laughs> and so, but, you know, after like five minutes, seemed like an eternity, whatever it was, I, I gave in and I began shimmying down the pole. And I remember I'm like 15 feet up in the air. And so I'm shimmying down the pole slow, right? <laughs> slow. I'm coming down real slow. And and as soon as I'm within reach of the distance of the tip of the belt, he starts tagging me. With whoosh. I mean, and, but you know how when you're a kid, you'll try to block it? But I'm like this, sitting duck, sitting duck all the way down. He tears me up all the way down that pole, all the way into the house. And, and, and you know, I just... And, and, Listen to me, I, I probably should have gotten it worse because that's just straight rebellion. But, but you know, sometimes I think we're with God the way I was with him, right? We're avoiding these confrontations with God. We're avoiding the sit-downs that God wants to have with us about some inappropriate things that are going on in our lives because we think he's the guy at the bottom of the pole that's fixing to beat the living mess out of us, Right? But I want to correct some of these ideas that we have about God because I think the person that we're spending time avoiding because our flesh wants us to believe something about him that's not true is the person that we should be fire pulling down to as fast as we can to say, let's deal with some of the junk that's resting up in here, yeah. right? I'm tired of being sick in my mind. I'm tired of being sick in my marriage. I'm tired of not knowing what to do with my children. God, I'm sliding down the pole. I am through avoiding you. I want to have a sit down with you and receive the discipline that you have for me so I can move on in my journey. Some of us are stuck on our journey because we, th we think it's a bad thing to have a sit down with God. We really do. Proverbs 6.23 for the commandment is a lamp and a teaching, and the teaching is a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Y'all, this is the way of life. Sit-downs with God, being able to say, God, I am struggling in this area. I don't have it all together in this area. My mind is messed up. My heart is messed up. God, I want to receive the discipline that you have for me so I can grow and mature in my faith. Proverbs 3.11, this is the kind of God that we're dealing with. It says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those that he loves. He loves you. He's wanting to have a sit down with you. He's wanting to confront some of those areas in your life because he loves you. He disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. 
I mean, this is a, he delights in us enough to say, hey, come on, let's deal with some of these things that are holding you back from your destiny. Let's deal with some of these things that are, that, that are keeping your marriage hanging on by a thread so that you can be in a marriage that God has designed, one that thrives. God, let's receive some of the things. Listen to me, that's how much he loves you. He's wanting to, listen, he's wanting to talk to you about some stuff. This Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, th- this verse is echoed by the writer of Hebrews. And, and so I'm going to read a few verses here. And, um, and I want you to say with well, this is such a powerful scripture in Hebrews about discipline. It says, so don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat their children? That God regards you as his children. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline. Don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child that he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children... Only responsible parents leave children to fend, irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it is well-trained. It's the well-trained that find themselves mature in their relationship with God. I want to be mature in my relationship with God. I'm not telling you I'm there yet, but I'm telling you that I am on my journey. Amen? Amen. So in order to embrace discipline, I'm just going to do a couple of these today, and I'll probably finish this next week. But in order to embrace discipline, I need to know some things. If I'm going to chase discipline like I chase an ice ice cream truck, if I am breaknecking to be reproved by God, to be corrected, to be trained by God, then I'm going to have to understand some things. I'm going to have to write some wrong thinking. The first thing I need to know is, is that God's discipline is not punishment. I love that part of the scripture that says, in verse 7, it says, it's not punishment, it's training. It's training. It's training. It's preparation. God is preparing you for what he has already prepared for you. And see, I think that, that this idea of punishment from God, now, now, now listen to me, It is not punishment to those that are his children, right? But but see, I think sometimes we get discipline and wrath confused because God does have wrath too, right? The wrath of God. The wrath of God is reserved for those who have not received him, who are not submitted and surrendered to him, who have not been born again. If you're in here and you're not born again, then punishment is reserved for you. God does hold a belt, God does hold a a punishment for those who have not surrendered their lives to him. His wrath 
is your inheritance. And, and, and I know that that's not super fun to preach and, and uh, not, not really uh, a popular message, but if there is no wrath of God, then there is no salvation, right? If, if there's nothing, if, if, if there's nothing that, that we've done wrong that deserves punishment, then what do we need Jesus for? So is there wrath? Is there punishment? Yes, but I'm preaching to sons and daughters of God. So if you're in here and you're not in the category of being a son or a daughter, then you're excluded from God's grace and you will experience God's wrath. I don't want that for any human being. Nahum 1-2 says, The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. If you are not born again, if you have not come into the family of God, if you have not received his grace and his mercy, then you are an enemy of God. You stand in opposition to God. But see, God didn't just leave us in the situation where we are subject to his wrath. He made, us, he, he made a way out of this punishment for us. Punishment means the infliction or imposition of a penalty as retribution for an offense. Every single person in here is an offender. Every single person in here, because of sin, stands guilty before a holy and perfect God, worthy of his wrath. Amen? But thank God for Jesus. Thank God. God for Jesus. See, it's not punishment that you're avoiding. It's training that you're avoiding. It's not punishment that you're avoiding. It's preparation that you're avoiding. Why? Because the sons and daughters of God don't have to receive what we deserved. We don't have to. Listen to me. Can I tell you something? I deserve to have my hiney whooped when I got to the bottom of that pole. But what if on that roof there would have been somebody that said, Colby, you disobeyed your father. You rebelled against your father. And you've got what's coming to you. You've got, listen to me, he told you if you get on the roof, what's going to happen? You're going to get a whooping. So was he wrong for whipping me? Or was he just being true to his word? See, God has told us If you don't receive my love, my grace, and my mercy, my forgiveness, then there is a punishment reserved for you. But what if up on that roof, there would have been a person that said, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. That dude down there looked crazy mad. (laughs) That belt is a crazy belt. I'm telling you, listen, he's fitting to go off. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll slide down the pole for you. And he'll beat the mess out of me. And you, my friend, won't receive the punishment. That's what Jesus did. Jesus slid down the pole for you, man. He slid down the pole for you. He took what you deserved. The righteous for the unrighteous. The 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. There doesn't get any better news than that. Listen, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. And God was completely satisfied with that sacrifice because it was a spotless, perfect 
sacrifice. Jesus took your punishment and my punishment. Jesus slid down the pole and took the beating. Somebody say hallelujah. Now that doesn't mean, no, no, no. That doesn't mean that you're supposed to stay on the roof. Listen to me. If that happens, you better believe I want to be like, ha, I'm going to go back and grab my paratroopers and have a good time. No, 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 no. I'm coming down and I got I, I to gotta have a conversation because something miraculous has just happened. Listen, I love this. Jesus took our punishment. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Oh my gosh, can this idea that God is angry with us and ready to, 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 to take care of us once and for all? Can, can, listen to me. Jesus took the punishment. Amen. Jesus bore it. Jesus took it so you don't have to. So now God is not someone who's, who needs to be avoided. He's someone that needs to be embraced. Amen. Because of Jesus. We can now enter into God's peace and God's holiness and receive the life that God has for us. But we've got to come to God. We've got to come to him and we've got to allow him to deal with some of the issues. Colby, I'm not going to beat you for those paratroopers. But we've got to talk about it. Because that guy didn't slide down the pole and take your beating so you could still play with your paratroopers. He slid down the pole and took your beating so I could deal with the paratroopers that are in your life. You didn't even know I'd be preaching about paratroopers today. <laughs> Pat Bailey, is Pat Bailey? Pat Bailey was a real paratrooper. Yeah. He actually jumped out of flying vehicles. I didn't know if they were helicopters or airplanes. <laughs> Seriously, I, I've had lunch with Pat a few times, and man, I like listening to his stories. I don't know where that came from. Love you, Pat. Listen, punishment Punishment, punishment, punishment. Punishment always deals with your past. Punishment always deals with your past. Discipline is actually dealing with your future. Discipline. Listen to me. The reason God wants to sit down with you, you know it's love because he's got more for you. Listen, you know he loves us if he doesn't want to leave us mentally ill. You know he loves us if he doesn't want to leave our marriage in the condition that it's in. You know he loves us if he doesn't want to leave our minds sick. He loves us. Discipline is dealing with our future. Discipline is dealing with our future. Punishment dealt with our past. Jesus took our punishment. Our past is clean. Our future is clean. But the discipline that he have is gonna, that he wants to do with us is going to develop character and integrity in us so we can walk in the plans that he has for us. Amen? I'm liking discipline more and more. The second thing you need to know, first thing is that it's not punishment. Who took our punishment? Who slid down the pole for you? Jesus. Jesus. And discipline is still wanting to deal with the issues. But it's so that we can, like it says in Hebrews 12, partake of his holiness. To walk in the life that he has for us. Second thing you need to know, if you're going to embrace discipline, is that God's discipline 
is different than human discipline. Because see, some of the disconnects that we have with God as adults are the way our own parents disciplined us or didn't discipline us when we were children. Right? See, right now, everybody, you think back to the way God, I mean, you think back to the way your parents dealt with you. Some of it was okay. Some of it was wrong. See, if, if, if you're over the age of 30 in here, then there really wasn't a whole lot of oversight on bad parenting like there is now. Are y'all with me? Like, call who? Like, like now there's some consequences for... I used to, it was just like, I mean, who can tell? Your teacher? You're, you're, I mean, no, serious. Because some of you in here endured some really difficult childhoods. Some of you in here were hurt more by your parents than you were helped. Some people in here, listen to me, the, 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 the fact that you had an absentee parent, mother or father, or maybe, maybe both, the Bible calls it irresponsible. And it affected your view of God because our natural tendency is to create a view of God after the view we have of our parents. But human discipline is different than God's discipline. I love in Hebrews 12.10, it actually talks about the parent discipline and God's discipline. Listen to what it says. It says, they, our parents, disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. I want to share in the holiness of God. But I love that it differentiates the difference between our parents disciplining us and our God disciplining us. Because some of us have some jacked up images of God because of the way our parents dealt with us. That's okay, we can just let that sit for a second because right now, whether you're 90 or you're nine, you're thinking about some of this. And I like that it says that, you know, they did what they knew to do. But God, whenever he deals with us, he's going to do what's best, not what he thinks is best. Because as parents, we can only do what we think is best for our children. And as human beings, we can only deal with our own children according to what we've received and what we've dealt with in our own lives. So if we're jacked up in our own hearts and minds, then you better believe we're not disciplining our children in godly ways. And I'm a parent too, and I've disciplined my children what seems best to me. But one day they're going to have to get with God and be disciplined according to what actually is best for them. And they're going to have to look at the mistakes I made and be able to deal with some of those things. Because see, mankind always likes to create a God that looks like them. We love to create a God that looks like us. You know, if, 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 if my earthly father treated me this way, then that must mean God would treat me that way. Because flesh, our humanity, since the very beginning, likes to try to create a God that looks like him. But, but the real truth of the matter is, is God <clears throat> is not created in our image. 
we're created in his image, right? We are created in his image. And the real truth of that is, is, is right now, the image that I have on some days, it looks like him. And on some days it looks like me. Why? Because I'm on a journey and God's okay with that. God's not freaked out by that. But we have to teach our children that we are not an exact perfect representation of their heavenly father. (laughs) There's so much disappointment in this room by the way our parents let us down and we're not coming down that pole because we think that they are like him. Listen, here's how humans discipline. Humans discipline out of so many different things, right? And I know this is hard, and I, the kids are in here, and, 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 but, but, you know, we, we've all made so many mistakes. Listen to me. My, I've got a 12-year-old, my oldest, so many mistakes. But the one thing that I am trying to do with my children is not to teach them that I'm the God of their lives, but to be able to admit when I'm wrong to them and teach them to go seek God for the issues that have been created in their lives by me. See, humans discipline all, out of all kinds of different motivations, right? Humans, we'll just talk about a couple of them. Humans discipline out of fear. You ever discipline your child out of fear? Like out of fear that they might actually go do something that would be horrific? out of fear that they might make a life-altering choice and mistake, out of fear that, that, that it might be something that we don't think is best for our child. And so we discipline out of that fear. But can I tell you something? God is not afraid. See, he's not, he's not like us, but he's calling us to be like him. God's not afraid that we're going to make some ginormous mistake that alters the course of our lives. Now, we may make a ginormous mistake, and it might alter the course of our lives, but in the light of eternity, God still has a plan. See, he doesn't discipline us out of fear. But a lot of us were disciplined out of fear, and a lot of us discipline out of fear. See, listen to me. When emotions are high, judgment is low. Are y'all with me? When emotions are high, and that's mainly the, the, the human disconnect and discipline, is, is, is the times that we do want to discipline, we're pretty upset. We're pretty emotional. But our judgment is like in the basement whenever we're that emotional. See, God doesn't discipline out of fear. He doesn't discipline out of fear, and it's almost hard for me to fit in my head. God's not sitting up there biting his nails going, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh Oh my gosh, they might get addicted to drugs. Oh my God, they might get pregnant. That's not what God's doing. He loves us and his love for us was displayed on the cross of Jesus Christ and he is consistently consistently loving us in the exact same way despite our choices and despite our circumstances. And as a human being, that almost does not fit in my head. 
But when God comes to you and he wants to deal with you, it's not because he's afraid something bad might happen. And that really freaks us out because something bad might happen. But he's not afraid of it. He disciplines us out of a pure heart that has an eternal perspective. And just talking about it, I almost don't... That's why we have to go to him. He's not like your daddy was. He's not like your mama was. He is God. He loves you. Humans discipline. Good Lord, I'm already out of time. Sweet Jesus. EFJ, y'all hanging in there? Yeah. <laughs> humans, discipline, I'll, 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 humans discipline out of anger, right? Have you, how many of y'all have ever disciplined out of anger? How many of y'all have ever done something that you wish you wouldn't have to your child because you were angry? How many of y'all have ever said something you wish you wouldn't have to your child because you were angry? How many of y'all were ever disciplined in a harsh and and, and, and inappropriate way because somebody in your family was angry? And I think that's what so many people think. They think God's up there and he's ready to just, oh, we disobeyed it and we didn't go to church and we knew better. And no, 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 God's not. Listen to me, you can't get him upset. You can't get him flustered. It was all his fluster, all of his anger, all of his wrath, all of of it was poured out on Jesus. You can't get this God off of his game. He's just like, let's deal with this so we can move forward in the plan that I have for your life. Let's deal with this. I'm not angry. Are you kidding me? Yes, I was angry, but Jesus slid down the pole and he got the mess beat out of it. For you. It satisfied my anger. It's been satisfied. Because we, 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 we discipline humans. We discipline out of frustration. How many of y'all ever done this? You've been mad about something else that happened, and then your kid walks in the room, and you unleash on them. I feel like I'm not even talking to anybody in the room. My kids right now are like, amen, glory, Hallelujah. Seriously, I can get a phone call. Something bad can happen. I get a phone call. It's the washeteria. The machine's broken. You owe me $4 in quarters. And I'm so mad. I just hang up the phone. And Gracie goes like, hi, Dad. What? Get out of my face, kid. I'm going to beat you. You ought to know better than talk to me like that. She... God, this is what I love about God. Can you imagine all the different stuff God's got going on? And he does not treat you according to their mistake. He's not frustrated about that person turning their back on him, so he treats you like he should have. No, 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 no. He treats each one of us according to his kindness and his love for us specifically. Ain't no group punishments either. Hallelujah. Thank you. You ever in that classroom? Listen, if anybody talks, the whole room has to do whatever punishment. And you're like, nobody better talk. Nobody, and then some fool talks. And then the whole class gets punished. Thank you, Jesus. Eloy can act a fool today, but Jesus ain't going to punish me for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and group punishments with God. There was a group punishment on Jesus, and we were all released from the wrath of God. Amen? That's good news. Rachel's looking at me. Gosh, dog. 
Listen to me, humans discipline out of insecurity. My own insecurities with myself. I don't know about you, but I got a few. Listen, we'll discipline out of our own insecurities, hoping that our kids, we'll discipline our kids in order that they won't turn out like us. Oh, Jesus. God disciplines us so we will turn out like him. (laughs) He's not like us. We discipline out of disappointment and embarrassment. You ever been embarrassed? Your kids ever embarrassed you? We're in farmer's lumber the other day. I brought Gracie. I walk around the aisle and this child got a plunger stuck to the floor and she's riding it like. (laughs) Truth. Zoe was there. Can I tell you something? At first I thought it was funny. I was like, that's funny. But then this is, this is, this is how petty uh, humans are, adults, grown people. Then I saw an older man in the plumbing fitting section who was looking at my child with disdain. And then I got embarrassed and so instead of laughing, because it was funny, <laughs> instead of laughing, I was like, you, you know better than that. Get over here. I'll stick that plunger on your face and pull your face up. Come here. So she got disciplined because I was embarrassed of what somebody else thought. God's not embarrassed of you. You can't embarrass him. He's not ashamed of you. Some of us lived in so much disappointment shamed from our parents, could never do anything right. Well, you're going to be an embarrassment to me. You're an embarrassment to this name. Right? I've heard people before, and I thought about doing it for a while, and I prayed and asked God about it, and I didn't get released. But you'll hear people say, we're, a, like, if your last name's Smith, they'll tell their kids, we're Smiths. We don't act that way. What is that? Then what is that? Think about it. How, how, what kind of discipline is that? That's saying that don't you embarrass me in this town. Don't you embarrass me in front. We're Smiths. But you bring shame to the Smith name. See, God's not saying, God, that's not what God's saying. God's saying, you know what? I know that you are going to fumble and, 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 and stumble through this journey that you're on and, and I, I want to tell you something. I'm going to love you every step of the way as long as just stay with me and I'll help you grow and mature. This discipline will be my love and it's because you have a future in me. Amen? Amen. We discipline out of uh, manipulation and control. Right? Because we know what seems best. But God knows what's best. I'm not claiming to have the whole parenting thing down yet. I know I've got a lot in front of me. But I know that the way God parents is my goal. It's our goal. It's our goal. His discipline is different from our discipline. That's why we don't have to avoid it. That's why we can embrace it. I've got a couple more points. We'll do them next week, and, and, and we're going to end. It's just, it's just so powerful about what God wants to do in our lives. Here, here, here's here's the, the great thing, is that if you are being dealt with in your life through your circumstances, through authority, through, through, through whatever it may be, God dealing with you, don't run from it. 
Don't stay on the roof because you have a false represent, a false image of who God really is. See, my Bible says that he is for us. My Bible says that he loves us. My Bible says that he has a hope, a plan, and a future for us. So he's not one to be avoided. He is one to be embraced. So gather up your paratroopers, slide down the pole, and take the issues that you have, the things. Listen, let God deal. Don't hide. Don't fake. Don't pretend. Because as long as we do, then we're sitting up on the roof. And God can't mature us and train us for the future that he has for us. He loves you. He's for you. Jesus took your punishment so you could become the righteousness of God. There is a righteous, holy life that he wants you to share in and partake in. He has it for you. Amen? Amen. Now I want to know today, as I finish, is there anybody in here that, that, that you haven't received the grace through Jesus Christ, that the fact that Jesus took your punishment. If you have not entered into that life, then, then the punishment that Jesus took, it was for me, but it wasn't for you. He loves you. And there's, there's, there's one of two things that every human being is going to experience when they die. You'll experience the undeserved, unearned grace of God that Jesus paid the price for your sin, for your life. Or you will experience the deserved, the earned wrath of God. And I don't know about you, I look back on it now, but for, for 19 years, I gambled with that. I gambled with that. I played with that. But I would, I, would, I would plead and call out and beg, don't play with those odds. You can leave here with a guarantee. Jesus did it for you. All you have to do is receive it from him. Receive his grace. Receive his mercy. Receive his love. I don't care if it's just one person in this room. If you've never received God's grace, mercy, and love for your life. If you've never received forgiveness from what you deserved, every single one of us, then today would be a fantastic day to do it. I pray that your heart's stirring, that something's going on on the inside of you and you're thinking, man, but I've been a good person and I've done a few good things and I've, listen, all that's good. All of that's good, but there's only one way to receive the grace of God and that's to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior to receive his forgiveness he paid the price all you have to do is receive it he wants you today he's after you today see this is the beginning of his discipline what you thought was going to be a thrashing and I can't come to God he knows what I've done I can't come to God I have, I have shamed his name I can't come to God he knows everything about me and if he knows everything about me then he sure as heck doesn't want me yes he wants you he loves you I just want you if, if you're ready to make that decision today if you'll just lift your hand in your chair we're going to pray a prayer and you're going to tell him that you want him and the journey will begin in your life. On the count of three, if you'll just raise your hand. One, two, 
three. Raise your hand high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So good. So good. Now listen, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. We're going to pray a prayer. And I didn't, I'm not trying to trick you or anything. We're going to pray a prayer. And you're going to tell God that you want him. And then after the service, we're going to end. Music's going to turn on. Everybody's going to start uh, heading out the doors. I, I just I want to meet you. Shake your hand. And we have a gift that we want to give you that's going to help you on this journey. It's going to help you start this journey with God. And so if you'll just, I'm going to be right over here with Pastor Jan. Wave your hand, Pastor Jan. Right over there. Nothing weird. We're not going to trance you. No snakes or chickens. Nothing like that. Okay? We, we just want to hand you a gift um, that's going to help you begin this journey with Jesus. And I'm so proud of every single one that's making this decision today. So Remnant Church, as, as just a show of our support and faith, can we all pray this prayer together? Pray with me. Say, Father, thank you for wanting us. Thank you that Jesus satisfied your anger. Thank you that my punishment was poured out on him on the cross. Jesus slid down the pole for me. So today, I invite you into my life. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I don't ever want to be the same. I embrace the work that you want to do in my life. Thank you that this is the beginning of my great journey with you. I declare that you're Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, teach me the things I need to know to be successful in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. And Pastor Colby, we have one more thing. First of all, man, I'm excited about this good news that he went down the pole for me. I'm so excited about this good news. It's just so good. I knew it, but it's just good to hear it again. And then we have this new member today. So we want Mariah to bring up oh, yeah. uh, this little bitty thing with this big name, Kalani Elizabeth Renee Willett is going to come up here. And you can have a peek at her. I like it. No, no, put the pacifier back in your mouth, Mariah. That was cool. <laughs> the mom had the pacifier in her mouth. That was awesome. So this is Kalani, brand new. She was wow. born this week, and she's spending her first Sunday on the earth in church. So she's really pretty. That is awesome. And we're so glad that she's safely here. We prayed for this and it happened and here she is. Thank you so much. You want to go this way so they can see her? Yeah, the parade. The parade of baby. And now you're dismissed. If you prayed that prayer, come, come this way. Us. Come see us. We got something we want to bless you with. Don't look down. My mama told me Always keep your head up Don't look down
eyes Look around, my feet is almost off the ground I heard that drop of sound and now I'm never looking 